0: and we thank them for sponsoring today's podcast. Back again this week to remind you of the amazing
1: value you can find over at com right now, and what better way than to play an example of why?
0: Give us a little scouting report. What do you see as his strengths, and what do you see as his weaknesses? Paul, you can jump in here anytime.
2: Well, I think uh, Sting's fairly quick. He's not as quick as I am. Uh, he lacks size, and I... I'm not quite so sure about his strength. I think that's questionable. What do you think, Paul?
1: Well, I think it's about time that Sting worked his way up to ladder to where now he can meet a genuine superstar like Ravishing Rick Rude.
2: He uh, he definitely has a weak uh, a weak heart, though. You know, he's got this... He has a tendency to quit, doesn't
1: he, Paul? Oh, most definitely. You know, the thing is, here's a guy that wears bozo makeup on his face. He draws his strength from all the little children that pay to see him at the arenas. And sooner or later, as soon as you break his spirit, it's easy as one, two, three with the rude awakening. What would be an illustration of him quitting, Paul? Yes, that's the radio show from the early 90s with good old JR as he and Paul Heyman talk with ravishing Rick Rude about Sting. And if you want to hear the rest of Paul's thoughts on why Sting would be a quitter, then sign up now for access to this and many more archived episodes of this fantastic radio show. In addition to all the other content and interactive events you hear Conrad and team talk about each and every week. To so do it now. Make the jump and become a member of the fastest growing wrestling community
0: over at AdFreeShows.com. Hey, before we get going, first of all, I want to thank you guys for listening to the show. We greatly appreciate all of your support. It means a lot to both me and my co-host here. We're working hard to entertain you every single week, but behind the scenes, I'm working hard on something else. I want to share with you. Check out this five-star review from my man, John K up in Raleigh, North Kakalaki. He wrote, I've been a fan of Conrad's podcast for several years, given how home base have skyrocketed in our area in the last 12 months. I wanted to see if a refi that could consolidate our credit card debt was worth exploring. Diane Brandy and bill were an absolute pleasure to work with. This was by far the smoothest mortgage process and fastest closing out of the four I've been through. Thanks to first family. We were able to refinance to a lower rate and pay off all of our credit card debt. This will save us north of $800 a month. I cannot stress how huge that is for my wife and our two kids. This is the fresh start we've needed. I can't thank the team enough and will recommend first family to all of my family and friends. Thanks. No, thank you, John. I greatly appreciate your support and thank you for leaving me that review over at conradreviews.com. Don't take my word for it guys. We make saving money fast and easy. See for yourself what people are saying at conradreviews.com, but then give us a call. Find out how much money you can save for free at 888-425-0105. Yes, that's a toll free call. Or maybe if you think you have a unique situation, just shoot me an email. Conrad at save with conrad.com or better yet, get a quick quote right now. Find out how much money you can save for free. John saved more than 800 bucks a month. What's your number? How much can you save? Find out at savewithconrad.com. NMLS number 65084 equal housing lender. Oh, and did I mention we're licensed in more than 40 states and with rates as low as they are right now, it's not a matter of if we can save you money. It's a matter of how much your home is probably worth more than ever before. And this is a once in a lifetime opportunity to use that equity to change your life. Get out of debt faster with cheaper monthly payments and keep more of your own money at SaveWithConrad.com that's save with will he wanna go
2: This is Kurt Angle and welcome to the Kurt Angle show on today's episode. We'll be discussing one of the scariest moments in my pro wrestling career, but first I want to introduce to you my co-host Paul Bromwell. How are you doing today, Paul? Kurt.
1: I'm great. Always excited to get the hot tag from Conrad. And yeah. yes, this week we're talking about a major moment in your career from 21 years ago It's SummerSlam 2000. It is SummerSlam season right now, so it just felt right to do it. But before we jump into that match, Kurt, if you're okay, can we talk about how we got there?
2: Yes. Yes, indeed. Let's do it.
1: All right. Let's do it. So you're coming off one of your higher profile matches of your career. It's fully loaded. That took place Sunday, July 23rd here in 2000, and you wrestled The Undertaker and lost in just under eight minutes getting in the ring with the man considered the leader of the locker room had to be a little nerve wracking. How was Taker to put that match together with?
2: Taker was great to work with. He, he was easy to get along with. You know, you you liked him and you feared him at the same time. He just had this way about him that he was cool, calm, and collected. But if if you stepped out of line, he was going to do something. He, he literally choked me out on a plane once when I was wrestling Vince McMahon. So you don't want to mess with The Undertaker. But this match, it was an eight-minute match. It was more of an elevation match for me and an enhancement match for him because uh, I was an upcoming talent, and it was a good win for Undertaker. And for me, it it was my first time uh, going into a pay-per-view wrestling a main event wrestler. It wasn't the main event, but it was a main event wrestler. So it it helped me dramatically to be paired up with him, but it also helped him because he got a good win.
1: To your point, you're working with The Undertaker here for the – like you said, main event wrestler, first time, how was he to work with that first time? Was he like, come on, kid, follow me. We're going to do this type thing or.
2: Well, he doesn't call, he calls everything up until the comeback and finish. So,
1: okay.
2: uh, you know, you just have to listen to him and trust him. And I did. And every time I worked with Undertaker, he has the same equation in every match. He He shines on you. He works your arm. Um, you know, he does, uh, the, the jump off the top rope. I forget what it's called. The, uh, um, they call it old school. I old think. School, yeah. 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 And, uh, so he works your arm and then, uh, when he's done shining, he'll, he'll, he'll have you take his knee out and, okay. uh, you know, it's usually he'll run into the corner and with a high boot and miss and I'll move and he'll, uh, hurt his leg. And, uh, it, it's the same equation every time, but it works, it, you know, it, for him it was perfect. So, uh, you know, the, that's the way it always went with The Undertaker, but he called the whole thing up until the comeback and finish. There you go.
1: Kurt, do you realize at this point, when you're fighting Taker here, do you know that the plan is for you to main event SummerSlam?
2: I didn't know that, not yet. Um, they didn't tell me till probably a couple of weeks after that. I was amazingly surprised. I, I didn't expect that. I didn't know that Vince had huge plans for me coming up very soon. I figured I'd win the world title the next year, but it occurred that year.
0: There's a new sports drama series on stars and it's set in the world of indie wrestling heels follows a family owned wrestling promotion as two brothers war over control of the league and their late father's legacy. Ace and Jack spades rivalry, both in and out of the ring is the main event brother versus brother hero versus heel. Even CM punk is stepping back onto the mat for a cameo. Alexander Ludwig plays Ace Spade, the beloved hero, young hotshot, and the star of the Duffy Wrestling League. Outside the ring, Ace struggles to reconcile his idol status with his habit for self-destruction. Stephen Amel plays his brother in league heel, Jack Spade. This hardworking proprietor, husband, and father is trying to breathe new life into the DWL. Heels is available to watch now on Stars and the Stars app.
1: Well, the next night, it's a rematch after Foley Loaded. It's Raw, it's you versus Taker, but the Big Show comes out and turns on Taker, and it's a three on one beatdown with Shane McMahon joining in. And it's all about the conspiracy here. There's Shane, Big Show, you and Benoit kind of all together. Commissioner Foley is upset about this and sets up the main event of The Rock and Kane versus you and Chris Benoit which by the way, ended in a schmoz, but you end up on top of the rock as the show goes off the air after uh, hitting him with a chair. Do you think being paired with Shane like this was going to lead you to uh, a main event slot?
2: Well, anytime you're paired with a McMahon, whether it be Vince, Linda, Shane, or Stephanie, uh, they have huge plans for you. Uh, they, they don't just pair them up with uh, people that they don't care about. It's 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 going to be something big. So it felt really good to have Shane on my side and paired up with me because I knew they had huge plans for me.
1: Yeah, you're right. There was a big buzz around this. I went back doing my research. I actually watched uh, a little bit of this episode, and it was all about this conspiracy group uh, coming out of Raw. It moved on to the next episode of SmackDown. That would air Thursday, July 27th. And it's one of the most infamous episodes in its short history at this point on Smackdown. This is the episode where Mick Foley orders Triple H and Trish to face Chris Jericho and Lita in a mixed tag match. But that was just the beginning here, Kurt. This is the episode we find Triple H helping Trish learn some moves in the back when he puts her in a hammerlock. Trish bends down to do a reversal and in comes Stephanie lamps are knocked off their tables words were exchanged triple h chases are out of the arena at this point has anyone come to you to let you know you're going to be in, in this whole love triangle well really i guess it's going to be a love square because we're going to have triple
2: h trish stephanie you're involved did you know all this was going to take place not at that particular time but uh this whole storyline literally made my character uh, you know it made me more conniving uh it, it elevated me to a n- whole new level that i was never at before so th- this was a huge storyline for me and being in my rookie year being involved in the main storyline on tv was a gigantic deal
1: yeah no absolutely you, you talk about kind of the so- soap opera crossover the entertainment part of wrestling this put the e in entertainment for sure here this, uh, this mix. if you haven't watched it, go back, check it out again. You can find it. It is the July 27th, 2000 Smackdown. I know. Uh, I gave me a few chuckles. So you main event, this Smackdown going one-on-one with the great one that ends in a DQ when rock hits you, Chris Benoit and Shane McMahon with a chair. Did you enjoy working with the rock?
2: Oh, every time I worked with the rock, it was fire. I, I really enjoy working with him. He's the most entertaining guy in the history of the business. And he's an incredible athlete. What he could do in the ring was amazing. You know, he's one of the best athletes I've ever gotten the ring with. Um, You know, so anytime I could work with The Rock, I was excited. And, you know, he's one of the most popular icons of all time. So with that, you know, obviously you want to work with those kind of people. They're the best of the best.
1: Kurt, it really speaks to how well they thought of you early on in your career. I mean, we just talked about you versus Taker. Here you go already involved with Triple H. Oh, by the way, you're going to wrestle rock here, main event. So obviously, the blue chipper status isn't just what Jim Ross is talking about on commentary. It's coming through loud and strong in terms of how they're booking you for these various shows as we as we lead to this SummerSlam. So uh, again, I think it's, it's easy to see that as we're headed to this. So we're going to move on and we're heading to Madison square garden. As the story continues to build here, it's August 7th and just Joe is passing messages from you, Stephanie and triple H he's going back and forth. He's whispering. He's passing that all along. Did you ever think that you would be part of a full-blown soap opera on a professional wrestling show?
2: No, I didn't, uh, you, you know, Brian Gewirtz, I think came up with the storyline. Uh, it was perfect for me, for my character at the time. Uh, you know, just Joe, he was awesome. That kid is a very talented kid. I'm surprised he didn't go as far as he could have in the business.
1: Yeah. He's, uh, he gets involved here a little bit later too with SmackDown, but, uh, Stephanie would come out here in front of the crowd and announce that you and her were just friends and she wanted you and triple H to be friends and shake hands. Mick Foley interrupts, and since you both want to be number one contender for Rock's WWF title, but somehow Chris Jericho gets thrown into it and you and Triple H don't really touch in this match, that's done on purpose, right?
2: Yeah, I don't think they wanted Triple H and I to touch at that particular moment. They wanted to hold us off for a little bit. Yeah. Kind of, you know, let it brew and, uh, you know, let it settle and then, you know, explode eventually. So, yes, that was done on purpose.
1: All right. So we move on to the match. You and Triple H give Jericho a double back suplex and pin him at the same time. And both of you are named number one contenders. This is a big deal for you right here, Kurt, isn't it?
2: Oh, it's a huge deal. Here I am, my rookie year, main eventing SummerSlam, Uh, seven months into the business with two of the biggest names in the history of the business. Uh, it It was a dream come true, a huge honor.
0: It's a fact that a child's body temperature rises three to five times faster than an adult's and leaving a child in a hot vehicle can lead to their death very quickly. Sadly, in 2020, 24 children died of pediatric vehicular heat stroke. And many of these incidents occurred when parents or caregivers simply forgot the child was in the car. Unintentionally, leaving a child in a car is a tragedy and it can happen to anyone please set yourself reminders on your cell phone or place something you'll need in the back seat to help you remember that your child is still in the car. If your partner or caregiver is taking your child to daycare, check with them or the child care staff to make sure that the child was dropped off. And when you've arrived at your destination, always check to make sure the car is empty. Heat stroke deaths are preventable when adults take the proper precautions. Be safe and always look for your baby before you lock. Paid for by NHTSA.
1: Yeah. Vince McMahon's daughter's featured here as well. How much pressure are you putting on yourself behind the scenes?
2: Well, I love pressure. I've always been good underneath under pressure. Um, you know, it didn't bother me that much. I love challenges and I was willing to take it on head on and, uh, do the best I could. That's all I could do. Yeah.
1: Well, you certainly handled it. Well, we move along to the SmackDown show as this story continues to, to build here and uh, you make a remark that you'd like to restore the title to the credibility of the living, well, he was at that time, legend Bruno San Martino, Pittsburgh Zone. The amount of heat Bruno and Vince had during this time period was insane. Who scripted this line? and being a Pittsburgh native, how big of an influence was Bruno in your area?
2: I have no idea who scripted the line, but Vince obviously approved it. Right? okay. Wouldn't, wouldn't air it wouldn't aired on TV. I don't know if it was a you know, if it was his decision. Uh, I don't know if he wanted to make amends with Bruno by by acknowledging him on TV, but what I can say about Bruno is he was one of the most popular sports figures or any type of figure in Pittsburgh, top five, without a doubt, whether it be politician, actor, um, you know, athlete, um, you know, sports entertainer, he was one of the top five biggest names in the history of Pittsburgh. That's how big he was.
1: Yeah. And I don't know if you've talked about it. Maybe you have here before, but meeting Bruno, what was that like? The first time you ever got to meet him.
2: It was really cool. I, you know, I, I met him at right after the Olympics and he was a huge amateur wrestling fan, his son wrestled in high school. So he had a lot of respect for me, the same type of respect I had for him. And every time we, we, we would see each other, we, we would talk about wrestling, uh, you know, amateur wrestling and pro wrestling. He was, he was easy to get along with. Uh, Very humble, uh, you know, uh, a guy that you you would like to meet, would love to meet. Uh, You know, he just had that way about him that uh, he wasn't he didn't act like he was any better than anyone else. He was a real human being.
1: Mm. No, that's good. Two two legends of Pittsburgh connecting all, you know, obviously huge impacts in the wrestling business in various ways. Uh, we, We move on here. Just Joe, you mentioned him again. He's in the middle of things on SmackDown. You talked a little bit about your thoughts, him. He didn't really last too long, uh, in the world wrestling federation.
2: I thought he would, um, you know, I know that he was really tight with Edge and Christian and that's how I got to be introduced to him. And he was really talented. The kid had all the, uh, you know, everything that you needed to be a great sports entertainer. Uh, I'm just surprised that Um, he didn't move a lot further into the business. I don't know if there was the character they gave him, but he didn't last that long. And I was really surprised.
1: Yeah. Well, and something that's interesting at the time, big show is hurt and can't work a main event match with you in Springfield, Massachusetts. And you end up teaming with Albert to face undertaker and Kane. Do you remember this at all and how that match was put together?
2: No, I don't remember that match in particular. I don't even know if it was a TV or if it was a house show. You know what it was?
1: Yeah, no, it just says uh, that, uh, you know, just doing the research. I don't think it was a TV. I think it was uh, just something that you guys were doing together as you were building up to the match. But for whatever reason, he's hurt, can't work it, and just missed out on this one here. So, well, we'll move on, Kurt, if you don't remember that one. And we'll talk about Raw, which I'm sure you do. It's from Providence. You cut what Dave Meltzer calls as the time your best promo on how your Nancy Kerrigan and Triple H is Tanya Harding and you kind of turn Triple H babyface. Was there ever talk of you and Stephanie staying together against a babyface Triple H? So what about that? You and Stephanie staying together? Was that ever considered?
2: I think it would have been an awesome idea. I don't know if anybody put that fire out or why it didn't occur, but I think it should have and it could have. And I, th- I honestly believe that this storyline could have been one of the hottest storylines ever in the history of the business if we continued on, especially if I were to pair with Stephanie, because, you know, Stephanie and, and Triple H were the real deal. They had a real relationship. And, you know, uh, to, to have that type of uh, heat that I would have from it would be incredible. Hey, this is your Olympic hero, Kurt Angle. You ever have trouble picking the perfect gift that would make someone go, wow. Best gifts create unbelievable experiences for those you love and memories that last a lifetime. So I'm excited to announce Cameo as a new sponsor of our show. My fans use Cameo for all kinds of things. Shoutouts, roasts, thank you messages, congratulations. Cameo provides a kind of real fan connection you used to only be able to get from a once in a lifetime chance encounter or backstage passes at a show. Cameo is the perfect gift for birthdays, graduations, weddings, or even just the case of the Mondays. I've even seen some people shooting their shot with Cameo by having a celeb ask their crush out on a date for them. Go to Cameo.com, request a personalized video. Whichever star you choose will send you back a personalized video so you can wow the ones you love. So don't just buy a gift, make it a Cameo. Go to cameo.com. Oh, it's true. It's damn true.
1: So as you're working with Stephanie and I'm sure you guys, uh, camera goes off working with each other, you and Triple H on this whole angle. What was it like kind of behind the scenes to work together through these soap opera type storylines? Were you having fun with it? Were you, you know, or was it just like, oh, this is painful. We got to get through this. What, What was that like?
2: A little bit of both. I'm not going <laughs> to lie to you. There were times I had to get intimate with Stephanie. Yes. Triple H. You know, it, it just was a little bit crazy, but um, I enjoyed it. Uh, you know, got a little uncomfortable at times, but for the most part, I, I really liked it. It was a lot of fun.
1: We, uh, at ad free shows this month, you and I, uh, we're going to do the bonus episode watch along of the SmackDown where you, uh, give Stephanie the old lip lock, not the ankle lock, but one of your other major moves there. Uh, so we're going to do that as a watch along. I'm looking forward to that, but I can I get it. Right. We, we talk about that. It's entertainment, but still you're getting put in the kind of weird positions here, especially when triple H isn't standing too far away. Right.
2: Oh, without a doubt, you know, it's, it, it does become uncomfortable because you know that they're having, you know, I don't even know if they were married at this particular time. Were they,
1: I don't think they were yet.
2: They were still dating. I think they engaged a little bit after that, but they were a real item. Yeah. When you get involved in that, it's, it's a little, uh, nerve wracking.
1: I'm sure. (laughs) It's like, well, I'll just take direction from you and whatever you say here, I'll just follow whatever you say and we'll do that and call it a day. And I just did what Vince McMahon told me. That's right. And you can't go wrong there, Kurt. And yeah. you know, Vince, he's going to want to push it all. Go,
2: go for it. Dig in. Of all people, Vince McMahon would, yes.
1: <laughs> well, speaking of Vince, he makes a special appearance and pulls you and Triple H into a limo. And you both have to get along for the main event, which is you, Triple H, and Shane taking on the rock and the Dudleys. It's a big deal when Vince makes an appearance on television. Is it not?
2: Yes. He wasn't making much appearances back then at that particular time. So if you, if you, if he was involved in your storyline, or if he did an appearance, it had to mean a heck of a lot. And that's why he did it. And uh, it was, it was, uh, you know, it was a privilege that Vince McMahon, uh you know, got involved in this because, you know, you know, that you're, you're, you're doing the top storyline on TV. If Vince is involved, you're in the top storyline.
1: Absolutely. You have Stephanie involved. Now you get the Vince rub and you're right. I mean, after that attitude, you know, the stone cold versus Vince and all that played out, he was starting to take a break from being a character on TV all the time. So absolutely he jumps in. And so that's Always adds a dramatic effect to an angle. Uh, We move on to Heat. Yes, that was a a television show. You get everyone probably remembers and it's a taping here with Matt Hardy and what was an excellent match with Stephanie helping you and raising your hand after. Again, the soap opera elements added to this really brings out another dimension in your character. And you mentioned it before, Kurt. Wouldn't you agree this was really what kind of brought all that out in you?
2: Yes. It, it really enhanced my character. It made me more sinister. It made me not as much as a goofball, but like, a an evil kind of person that's, you know, getting in the head of triple H and, uh, you know, manipulating the whole situation, using Stephanie as much as I could to get what I wanted, which was the world title eventually. So it, it was a really cool storyline. It did a lot of good for me.
1: Who are now, as you're getting into this, Kurt, is this just... You, are you working with Gewurz, as you said, as far as the whole acting side of this, this is still, like you said, this you're trying to figure your way out through this. What does it look like behind the scenes in terms of rehearsal and making sure that you're delivering those dramatic scenes the way that you kind of want to,
2: (laughs) you just had to do it. Uh, He didn't have time for rehearsal. You know, we, we would talk about it and then we would just do it. And uh, you know, the, the, the sports entertainment industry is a lot different than the acting industry. You have to be on for the first take, <laughs> you know, Right. most part. So, uh, you know, there are times when we do pre-tapes and we have to do a few of them over and over again. But for the most part, it's usually one or two takes.
1: Yeah, you know, you see some of these behind the scenes clips where Vince is kind of producing and he's like telling people, well, no, I, I want this out of you. I want you to say it like this. And, yeah, and the problem
2: uh, with, with what we do as opposed to acting, which is basically the same thing, is we have a time issue. You know, we have that show airing that night, so we got to get done. So you you have to do the best you can and try to finish it in one take.
1: Well, you did a good job here, Kurt, obviously here with this, this one. You helped Triple H defeat Rock on SmackDown after a chair shot. Do you think there was a possibility that you were leaving SummerSlam as world champion at this point?
2: I had no idea. I knew I was in the main event. I was very excited about it. I didn't know what the plans were from Vince McMahon if he wanted me to be a world champion at that particular time. But, you know, soon after is when I got the world title. So I'm sure they considered it, but I think they wanted to continue the storyline with Triple H and I, and Rock is the champion. So I, I think uh, giving me the title would have made it a little more complicated with Triple H because he would have to win it from me eventually. Sure. I don't think they had plans for Triple H getting the title at that particular time.
1: Gotcha. Well, you mentioned Brian Gerwitz, uh, you referred to him recently as the best writer for the world wrestling Federation. It's reported as that he's the central writer. You mentioned it earlier for this whole angle between you, triple H and Stephanie, uh, was he pretty much just the only guy involved in terms of this entire angle writing and working with all of you throughout this?
2: I think all the writers were involved, but Brian was pretty much the lead writer And Brian had a lot of talent because he was a wrestling fan his whole entire life. And he went to college at Syracuse University for journalism. He uh, he majored in journalism. And he took those two passions and put them together and became the best writer in the business.
1: I think you said a lot there when you said that. He was a wrestling fan his whole life. And I think that's, uh, you know, an important part of probably being a really good storyteller when it comes to writing for wrestling, would you agree or disagree? Do you think you have to be a wrestling fan to be a really good writer for wrestling?
2: I believe that. I don't know if it's true, but I think it definitely helps. Uh, you would be, be be a better writer for pro wrestling. If you're a wrestling fan than if you weren't a fan. So I think, yes.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I know there's been uh, some stuff lately where they've had writers who just had that Hollywood experience, but didn't even know, you know, an ankle lock from a lip lock, you know, joked about that earlier, but honestly, they don't. And uh, I think, how can you really be writing about something that you've never even watched at all in your life?
2: If you don't know it, why would you write for it?
1: Right. Well, moving on here, you and Triple H team up on Raw to beat the Acolytes. And the main event is Stephanie versus Lita which ends with Lita winning the women's title after all types of interference. How big a deal is two women main eventing Raw in the buildup to SummerSlam, especially here in
2: 2000? Oh, it's a huge deal. I believe that's probably the first time that two women main evented on Raw. That's right. That's a huge deal for women. Uh, you know, and back then, the, the wrestling wasn't quite as good as it is now, but it, it, that was a huge deal. I mean, Stephanie and Lita going at it in the main event, Wow, uh, you know that that made a statement for women. All right, folks, let's run a timeout
0: right now to talk about our friends at Chirp. Chirp is a brand dedicated to helping the world feel good so they can do more of the stuff they love. In other words, Chirp is all about feel good, do more. To do this, Chirp creates a simple, innovative, and effective pain relief and prevention solutions. Chirp started with a revolutionary wheel for back pain, but they really are just getting started. I got to tell you, our experience with chirp here at the Thompson household has been huge, Uh, Mrs. Thompson hurt her back several years ago. And now whenever she maybe overdoes it at the gym or comes home bragging about a PR. I know what's going to happen later that night. She's going to be in the floor rolling around with chirp chirp is all about helping people feel good and do more. And this back pain is preventing millions of people from feeling their best. When they don't feel their best, they're limited at what they can do, and Chirp can fix that. With Chirp's patent-pending spinal canal and three different pressure options to choose from, Chirp will help your back feel better so you can be back to doing what you love in no time. The key features that make this product stand out are that there's three different pressure sizes, gentle, medium, and deep. Spinal canal to comfort your spine as our wheel gives your back a unique four-way stretch. Each wheel can hold up to 500 pounds and they can be nested together for easy travel to take with you wherever you go. Visit GoChirp.com and enter the promo code ANGLE to save 10% off site-wide. That's GoChirp.com and the promo code is ANGLE to save 10% off site-wide. That's GoChirp.com and be sure to use the promo code ANGLE to save yourself some cash. Get 10% off at GoChirp.com with the promo code ANGLE. Yeah, and uh, you know, against... It,
1: it's it's huge, especially if you look back at it now and, and see, you would eventually have Lita Trish Stratus that would uh, main event Raw in 2004, which a lot of folks I'm sure remember that big time main event. But again, early days, women being involved here, main eventing uh, a major show like Raw. Pretty cool to see. We then head to SmackDown. This is the final SmackDown before SummerSlam. And we have Rock and Lita teaming up in the main event here. And the winner of a coin flip between yourself and Triple H will team with Stephanie. And you win the coin flip. Win. <laughs> you win. Stephanie gets knocked out. on. Uh, there was some sort of reverse mega powers angle here with Triple H carrying her to the back for help. But then he comes back out and attacks everyone for the DQ. The show goes off the air with you walking away and Triple H taking the rock bottom. And this is the show I was talking about upcoming. You and I are going to sit down for ad free shows, but this is the episode where again, you drop to your knees. She's on the couch and you lay it in. Is this, (laughs) this is a big deal here. Was that all done pre-tape I'm assuming or how'd that work? Oh no, we had to do it live
2: because it was during the show. So it was so sweaty (laughs) angles running back. It was so nerve wracking. And not only that, the director was Vince McMahon. (laughs) And he was I love it. Three feet away in a chair, and I'm you can kissing, feel his hot breath as you're trying to go in for the smooch. I'm kissing Vince McMahon's daughter right in front of him. Of course, I didn't want to slip her the tongue.
1: <laughs> <laughs> hey, I would have gone for it, they, well, that's a whole other story. But go ahead.
2: Oh God, no! I, I I didn't know what to do. I was I was so nervous about it because you know Vince <laughs> just standing there looking and and he's like wide eyed like like I want to see this and I'm like holy crap this is so weird yeah <laughs> but, you know it, it was it was a great moment for me because it did so much for me but it was really uncomfortable
1: <laughs> so at that point is he the one that says cut to let you know that it's over you can stop kissing her Yes. Like, yeah. we're, we're done TV, you well, guys can stop? I stopped,
2: and I stopped the lick lock lip lock, and then we stared at each other for a few moments before we went off. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yep. Just a kiss, and we went off the air. We stopped, and we reacted. Stephanie was surprised, and I was looking like I was in love. <laughs> okay. So,
1: you have the, the hearts are flying out of your eyeballs at this moment, like the old cartoon. So, go off the air. What happens after that? Is it just okay, we're done. And you run out of the room. How does
2: it, what is it? What is it? What happens? Stephanie says, Kurt, you kiss like a fish. (laughs) Oh man. I said, Stephanie, what the hell did you want me to do? Your dad's watching us. Right. But she was wanting more. She was hoping for something a
1: little better, Kurt. She wanted that gold medal kiss. Okay. Yes. Yes. That's funny. And then, and so Vince, I guess approved and it was good to go. And it's made it's television history. Yes, it was. Oh, it's true. <laughs> it's damn true. Well, listen, right around this. So you you do the lip lock. That's fun. It's a great TV moment. Like I said, we're going to watch that together. You are part of a big TV guide cover push along with Rikishi, the cat and Chris Jericho. Again, man, this is all happening so early on in your career. How big of a deal was this for you? Now you're on TV guide.
2: Well, back then TV guide was a huge deal. Yeah huge part of pop culture, you know, whether you were an actor or, or an athlete or a sports entertainer or whatever you were, uh, if you were on the cover of TV guide, it was a huge deal. So being a part of that, in my rookie year was like, wow, this is freaking crazy. You know, I, I, I didn't expect that, but, uh, I was very honored to be a part of it. Speaking
1: of TV guide, again, you think about it, this is now like the transformation of just pro wrestling fans, moves it into the mainstream, right? Everybody's mom and grandmom and, and dad are walking through the aisles at the grocery store, checking out, seeing those TV guides. This is really, again, this big push of, of bringing wrestling into the mainstream. How much media are you doing at this time uh, around the pay-per-view?
2: Well, being the main event of SummerSlam, you had to do a lot of media. you know, you were going to travel to the city it was in, uh, do a lot of media there. You're going to definitely go to New York city and do a bunch of national media. So, it, w- it was pretty heavy. I-, I didn't have any days off for a couple of weeks. So if I wasn't doing a house show or a TV, and sometimes I would do media during my days of TV and house shows, uh, but my days off I'd be doing media. So it was a really busy time during SummerSlam.
1: Well, we're about to jump into SummerSlam, but before we do... Before we get there, Kurt, again, we've, we've, we've talked about how this is your early on in your wrestling career. Have you taken a moment at this point to let it sink in and breathe like, wow, what a whirlwind this first few months of wrestling has been for me. I'm getting ready to head into a main event match here at SummerSlam, which, by the way, is the number two pay-per-view in all of WWF at this point. Has any of this started to sink in for you yet uh, as far as what's going on so quickly for you?
2: Well, everything happened so quickly. I couldn't really think about. It.
1: Yeah. Just
2: had to keep going. I had to keep reacting. Everything that they had me do, I reacted and 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 would do it. So um, at, that, at this particular time, I didn't really have much time to enjoy it because everything was happening so quickly.
1: What does it look like? So you got the three-way championship matches set up. Talk about preparing and planning that out uh, as far as working together, what that match is going to look like between you, Triple H, and The Rock. Can you kind of... Do you remember, and can you kind of share with us what that looked like, the buildup kind of backstage behind the scenes? Do you remember who might've been helping you plan that
2: match out? Well, Pat Patterson was a big part of it. And Rock and Triple H and I all, you know, threw in our two cents worth. Uh, The story of the match was Triple H had to take me out at the beginning because he was so angry at me for kissing Stephanie. And uh, so we had to do a spot, a table spot. Uh, I wasn't supposed to get knocked out for real. It was supposed to be a work. And uh, the, unfortunately the table table gave way early and triple H had my arms behind my back with his pedigree finish. And he didn't have time to let my arms go so I could protect myself. So the table gave way early and I got knocked out for real. So this was a nightmare because the, the match was structured. I was supposed to get knocked out, pretend, And uh, then I was going to come back and join in with Stephanie and try to help Triple H, um, you know, not help Triple H, but get involved in the match. Stephanie wanted me involved in the match so that because rock was kicking Triple H's ass. So uh, it it was that was the story of the match. I was going to get knocked out early. I was going to come back 10 minutes later and uh, go uh, wrestle in the match. and, and And the finish was the finish, which it was the rock going over. Uh, but, uh, the match told a great story. I don't remember any of it, but uh, you know, it, it it was really, it was put together very well, uh, but, but I have no recollection of it
0: guys. I love talking about chilly sleep. This has been a game changer for me for years and years. I've known that I slept better with the house cool. So I would crank down my AC unit to 67 degrees, but then I just found a life hack It's called chilly sleep. Chilly Sleep makes customizable climate-controlled sleep solutions that help you improve your entire well-being. They make the Uller, which is what I have, and the Cube Sleep System. These are hydropowered, temperature-controlled mattress toppers that fit over your existing mattress to provide you your ideal sleep temperature. This really just made common walking around sense to me, man. Why crank down the AC and make sure the kitchen is 67? Why crank it down to 67 in the dining room? I don't need that to be cool, I need to be cool. Chili Sleep to the rescue. These luxury mattress pads keep your bed at the perfect temperature for deep sleep. Whether you sleep hot or cold, these sleep systems are designed to help you fall asleep, stay asleep and give you confidence and energy to power through your day. Imagine waking up and not feeling tired. That's what's happened thanks to Chili Sleep in my household and Chili Sleep can make it happen for you. Here's how it works. You'll set the rig up next to your bed You'll put the mattress topper over your bed. You'll power the unit on and pair it with an app. You're going to download on your phone. And then you set a schedule, man. This is a game changer for me. My bed starts cooling off every night at 10 PM. It starts warming up every morning at 6 AM. I used to toss and turn and flip the pillow because I wanted to be cool. And what did Stuart Scott used to say cooler than the other side of the pillow. I was running hot, man. I keep flipping that pillow to get that coolness. I don't need to anymore. My whole freaking bed is cool. I'm cool because I've got chili sleep and you're going to be cool too. Check this out for an extra layer of comfort. You can also get the chili blanket, which is the only weighted blanket that can be paired with a control unit for the ultimate sweat, free sleep, head on over to chillysleepcom forward slash angle to learn more and check out a special offer available exclusively for Kurt angle listeners and only for a limited time. That's chili C H I L I sleep.com slash angle to take advantage of our exclusive discount and wake up refreshed every day. That's chili sleep.com forward slash angle. No worries. That's what we're here today
1: to do. I'm going to walk you through this a little bit, but I was curious to hear it. And like you said, Pat Patterson, not surprising kind of was very involved and had his hands all over in terms of preparing it. So, uh, let's get into it, Kurt we're here, the match that you don't remember. That's what we're going to talk about today. It's SummerSlam 2000, but before we get to your match and what it's important to talk about what happened before the main event, we have Shane McMahon. He takes on Steve Blackman, and this is where he ends up coming off the Titan Tron for the big 30 foot drop. Then we also have what we now know as a tables, ladders, and chairs match. That happened between the Hardys, edge and Christian and the Dudley's. So you guys are kind of in the back, probably keeping an eye on what's going on and you're thinking, oh, great, here we are. We get to be the main event. We got people flying off Titan trons off tables, ladders. The only way to top things like this is maybe a bunch of dangerous stunts. Are those kind of thoughts that you're having through your head? or, Or is there none of that?
2: You had to think about that because I mean, that table ladders chairs match was one of the greatest matches in the history of wrestling, right? Shane, you know, he always does the crazy stuff and he's so entertaining with it, but we knew that we had to just tell a great story because we had the top storyline on TV and we knew that we had to go in there and we, we didn't have to do crazy spots. The reason we did the table spot was because triple H had to knock me out of the match for a while. So we didn't have a lot of crazy stuff because we didn't need it. We had a great story, and when we wrestled the match, the match told a great story, and that's all we needed to do. And we knew that uh, we need to be different than their matches. So even though they did all the crazy stuff and probably got the biggest pops of the night, we knew we had to have a very uh, solid main event that told a good story. So
1: going into it, it wasn't because you saw what was going on with that, did you think, We need to incorporate this table spot at the beginning. It was already planned and supposed to happen that way.
2: It was already planned. We were going to do it.
1: Okay. So you and Conrad discussed as part of your rookie of the year, part two episodes. So by the way, go check that out in the archives. If you haven't already, how everyone had to carry you through this match and Stephanie rock and triple H are calling all your spots for you to follow. Have you ever before, uh, you know, I, I know we're talking about it now, but have you ever sat down and watched the match back?
2: I did watch it back, and you could tell I was completely out of it. Uh, You could tell they were calling spots to me if you look very closely. Um, I don't have any recollection of the match. I remember up until the table spot, and then my memory came back when I was in the hospital with an oxygen mask on my face. So I have no recollection what happened for like three hours that night. And, uh, you know, watching it back... I wish it would have refreshed my memory, but, you know, seeing it, it was like doing it for the first time. Wow! First time I saw it, it was like, oh God, I didn't know I did that. So uh, I didn't have any recollection of it, unfortunately.
1: Was that the first time you had ever been concussed that severely like that?
2: Yes. Yes. Without a doubt. That was the first time that I had that severe of a concussion. I did have a slight concussion beforehand. Uh, I think it was, um, maybe four or five months prior, I forget what it was about, but this one was was a heavy concussion. This, yeah, this was pretty stiff. This episode is sponsored by Blue Chew. Say it with us: Blue Chew. Blue Chew is making waves and bringing more confidence to the bedroom by offering chewable tablets that can help men get stronger and longer-lasting erections. Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but in chewable form and at a fraction of the cost. Blue Chew's tablets help men achieve harder, stronger erections to combat all forms of ED, erectile dysfunction. Blue Chew is an online prescription service, so no visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations, and no waiting in line at the pharmacy, and it ships right to your door in a discreet package. The process is simple. Sign up at BlueChew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. The best part? It's all done online. BlueChew's licensed medical providers work with you to find the right ingredient and strength for your prescription. Don't like swallowing pills? No problem here.
0: That's exactly right, Kurt. BlueChew's Sildenafil and Tadalafil tablets are chewable. Blue Chew's tablets are made in the USA and they prepare and ship direct. So it's cheaper than a pharmacy. So if you could benefit from extra confidence when it's time to perform, visit bluechew.com for more details and important safety information.
2: And here's a special deal for our listeners. Try Blue Chew free. When you use our promo code angle at checkout, just pay $5 shipping. That's bluechew.com promo code angle to receive your first month free. And we thank Blue Chew for sponsoring the podcast. Oh, it's true. It's damn true.
1: Well, the fact that you still, even to this day, can't even remember even watching it. It just speaks volumes of how bad it was. Did you ever suffer a concussion to that level again? I know you've had concussions, but anything to that level again since then?
2: No, that was the worst. That was the worst. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, definitely, if you haven't watched the match, if you go back and watch that That's how it starts. You two come out, you and Triple H, he delivers a pedigree to you on the announcer's table that prematurely breaks. And, uh, again, you're not doing well here. You can almost tell immediately. It's scary to watch your eyes roll and you're just staring into space. It's a terrifying scene really. And you had no business going back out there, obviously with the way WWE medical is now, the business has evolved to be way more cautious of head injuries. Uh the clip of you going through the table was used for years in the wWF's don't try this at home warning that they had on television. do you think this injury pushed forward some injury precautions that happened at a later time?
2: Yes, sir I think that I was the poster child for concussions and the reason why uh, we did the campaign for don't try this at home uh we we you know the company needed to do something about it and they did. Fortunately, I'm very happy with their uh, concussion protocol. Now they've done done an excellent job of, of making sure these guys don't, uh, if they do get concussed, they're not going to get past the wrestle and they're definitely not going to go out during a match that they got a concussion in and go back out and wrestle again. Uh, like I did that night.
1: Yeah. Scary, scary stuff here. And uh, again, I rewatched it this morning, just prepping for this. And you are completely out of it. And it's immediate where Triple H is kind of, you know, where the hair hides him. But you can tell there's a little bit of communication that's going on to check on you. That happens right away. Uh, it's a very ugly scene. Before the match, you say, because by the way, they, they gave you the mic. I don't even know if you remember it. But you're in the ring. And you said that you satisfied Stephanie more than Triple H ever could. Vince gave you that line, didn't he?
2: Yes, he did. That was a bit.
1: <laughs> yes. He's always starting the pot. Oh my goodness. Oh, something else. We all know the end of the match comes with rock pinning triple H with the people's elbow after they piece the match together and you re-enter probably when you shouldn't have. Do you have any regrets going back out there looking back at it now?
2: No, I don't. Uh, you know, this match made me who I am, uh, Vince McMahon, saw a person that sacrificed himself and um uh would do whatever he had to at all costs to um make the show go on uh i think that that night he decided to give me the world title which i would win in the next couple of months against rocket no mercy and i believe that uh he told me after the match or the next day i raw he said you really stepped up last night uh you know what you did for me and what you did for the company we're going to give it back to you. And before I knew it, I won the world title. I had no mercy against the rock. Two months later,
1: you mentioned after the show, you, you move on to raw. Did you take, get any time off after that show, or at least from a wrestling matches were you, were you on raw, just mostly from a, Hey, I'm showing up on camera. I might be doing some interviews or segments, but did you, were you working house shows? Do you remember if you got a little time off to recuperate?
2: I believe they gave me about two weeks off Okay, that TV doing pre tapes, but I, I didn't work not for two weeks.
1: Would you say overall, and this is more than just concussions, but would you say this was the worst injury you've ever had in professional wrestling?
2: Top two, uh, the chair shot that Brock gave me that broke my neck or this, the concussion, those two are the, the worst injuries I've had in pro wrestling. Did anyone
1: push you to go back out? Anyone at gorilla Vince Bruce?
2: I can't answer that question. Understood. I, well, I won't answer that question. Got um, it. Gonna, I'll, I'll keep that to the day I die. Got it. Understood. Did the injury
1: you think cut short the Triple H Stephanie storyline?
2: I don't know if it did. Um, I know that, um, you know, we, we we went a good bit of time. I think that we had a lot more room for growth in that storyline, but maybe somebody got uncomfortable about it. I don't know. I I believe that Triple H and I could have had an excellent singles match. We've got a program, but I believe the reason why we ended that storyline is because Vince had plans for me to win the world title and The Rock was the world champion. So he needed to parlay me from Triple H and Stephanie over to The Rock.
1: Yeah, makes sense there. It's time to move on. And if they had a bit, they wanted to strap the rocket ship to your back. It was time to do so and uh-huh. uh, and move on there. So, Kurt, we're here. We're into the fan questions. You ready to answer some of the fan questions this week? Yes. All right. Jeremy Priest, he's one of our top guys on ad-free shows. He says, most of us know triple threat matches can be difficult to work. When you have the star power of you guys, how difficult was it or was it
2: at all? It's always difficult in a triple threat match. And the reason is the psychology is different than a singles match, a singles match. You can pace yourself and, you know, you're both working with each other. You can communicate with everybody, a triple threat match. Usually there are two guys in the ring working and the other guys outside the ring or down selling and you have to rotate. So the timing has to be perfect. And there's, there's a lot of memorization. In a singles match, you don't have to memorize everything. In a triple triple uh, triple threat match, you do have to memorize everything. So it's a lot harder from that aspect.
1: Interesting. I was gonna I was gonna follow that up to say, uh, you know, do you enjoy triple threat matches uh, as much as maybe one on one? But it sounds like there's a lot more work and preparation. You would think <laughs> you get a little breathing time on triple threat matches.
2: You do, but it's a lot more challenging because you have to really pay attention to what's going on the whole entire time, and you can't improvise. <laughs> you know, as singles match you can improvise. Uh, you know, uh, triple threat it's very difficult.
1: Communication becomes a little harder when you're trying to communicate with two, besides, aside from one. Makes sense.
2: That's when you use the referee if you need.
1: To. There you go. <laughs> Michael McClanahan, and he touches on something that we were talking about earlier. And he said, did you feel any additional pressure having to follow that TLC match? Was there any concern the crowd may be less invested in the main event after watching that spectacle?
2: You you have to feel that. Um, you know, that that match is considered one of the greatest matches of all time uh, from a gimmick match perspective, uh, not a technical match, but the fans that voted that match, I think, one of the top five matches ever. Uh, so there, there is a lot of pressure and, uh, you know, all you can do is, is focus on your own match and do the best that you possibly can.
1: That nah, totally makes sense. You you still got to go out there and do what you got to do. And like you said, you feed off pressure, Kurt. So for you, it's just, okay. It's time for us to go do our thing and we'll show them while we're in the main event. So it makes lots of sense. <laughs> Brian H is up next. And he said, this match really revolved around the story with you, triple H and Stephanie, was there ever talk of doing a one-on-one match between you two, or was this match always meant to include The Rock?
2: I don't know. I, I really believe that um Triple H and I had a lot more room for growth in this storyline, and I would have loved to work with him. He was an incredible in-ring performer, uh, and, and great entertainer. And I would have loved to have a single match with him before I won the title from The Rock. But I believe after SummerSlam, Vince decided to put the, you know, the Kabosh on it and uh put me up with a, up against the rock uh so I could win the world title in my rookie year.
1: Yeah, and uh it made sense as far as at least for how we look at it now. Again, he they had big plans for you, Kurt. And this was again another step in your progression of your career to get you where they needed to get you. Rory Melberg has our last fan question this week, and he says, What was it like to main event SummerSlam?
2: Oh gosh. <laughs> You're <laughs> talking about a rookie main eventing SummerSlam, the second biggest pay per view of the year, against two of the biggest superstars of all time. Wow, man! Like uh, it's a dream come true. I, you know, I, I kept pinching myself because I didn't know if this was real. I, I, I you never expect in your rookie year to uh, be in a match that high profile with those athletes that are high profile. Uh, when you're just a really a rookie that's upcoming, and uh, you know, I don't, I don't, I would like to say I earned my stripes in professional wrestling my first year. I think from a performance perspective, but from a time issue uh, of how long I was in the business, I didn't really earn my stripes. I don't think. Uh, but so uh, it's it's hard for me to uh, say if uh, if I deserved it or not. Um, You know, I did win a gold medal in the Olympics, and that actually had uh, a lot to do with why they pushed me so hard. But I believe that my entertainment factor, my aspect of entertainment, what I could do on the microphone and as a character really helped me. And and I didn't know I could do this. You know, this was all brand new to me. They gave me a character, and I used that character and did the best I could with it. I didn't know really what, you know, uh, i didn't know how to entertain people before, so this was brand new to me and here i am i 'm winning the world title my rookie year, and i 'm considered one of the most entertaining guys in the business. It was just like wow this is this is crazy
0: if you're like most of us, you carry a balance on your credit cards, and if those cards come with high interest rates, you need my friends at Lightstream. Lower your interest rate and save with a credit card consolidation loan from Lightstream rates start at just 5.93% APR with auto pay and excellent credit. Lightstream believes that people with good credit deserve a better loan experience. And that's exactly what they deliver. You can get a loan from 5,000 to $100,000 and there are absolutely no fees. You can even get your money as soon as the day you apply just for my listeners apply now to get a special interest rate discount and save even more. Now, the only way to get this discount is to go to lightstream.com slash angle. That's L I G H T S T R E A M.com slash angle. This is subject to credit approval. Rates range from 5.93% APR to 19.99% APR. And it includes a half a percent auto pay discount. Lowest rate requires excellent credit. Terms and conditions apply and offers are subject to change without notice. Visit lightstream.com slash angle for more information. That's livestream.com slash angle. Kurt, were you like a class
1: clown in school at all? Or did you do acting in school or any of that? Did you see any of this in yourself back in the day?
2: Oh No, I, you know what? I'll tell you how shy I was in college. I was a business major and my last two classes, I had to do presentation classes and I told my advisor, I don't want to do them. Cause I don't like getting in front of people. And so he gave me a bunch of electives. Um, uh, uh education electives. Okay. So he said, Hey, uh, you have enough credits to graduate with an education degree. Uh, Cause he, w- he was an education teacher. So, um, you know, I said, well, then I'll take that. Cause I'm not going to take those classes. Sure. I didn't like being in front of people and talking. And here I am in the WWE, the greatest company in the world and uh, one of the most popular companies and I'm entertaining fans. I'm like, how the hell am I doing this?
1: <laughs> You're wearing a little cowboy hat, playing guitars and acting goofy. And yeah, no one would ever know that.
2: I think it was just perfect timing. Uh, you know, I am a little bit, uh, um, you know, I, I'm a little gullible and I, I have this way about me that, um, you know, a little spacey. And I I think they took advantage of that and made it into a character. Tapped into it. Yes, they did.
1: Well, Kurt, you played it uh, on point and to a T and delivered, obviously. But you're right. It gave you another dimension. It added another dimension to your character. And they were able to use that side of you or the badass wrestler side of you, even, you know, bring you back into the ECW, kind of that tough ass uh, grappler. And you were able to deliver on all of it.
2: Yeah. Thank God. I was very happy with my career, especially in WWE. Don't get me wrong. TNA was awesome too, but you know, WWE was the first company I was with. So yeah. that was really special to me. And I enjoy TNA as well, but, uh, the WWE is the one thing that, um, that really made me as a sports entertainer.
1: You were able to figure out who you were and have those now sea legs so that when you did move on to TNA, you knew who you could be. You had confidence in yourself, whether it's from the acting chop side of it and the wrestling you had down pat. So you were ready to go, but really it was that time in WWE that got you there. It definitely made me confidence. Absolutely. Well, Kurt, believe it or not, we are at the end there of SummerSlam 2000. Any final thoughts before we get oh, to uh, some fun stuff?
2: Just, I want to thank all the fans for listening to my podcast. Uh, this episode was really special to me because this was my rookie year and uh, I hope everybody continues to listen and uh, thank you so much.
1: No, that's good. And you know what? Again, an event that Kurt does not remember being a part of in real life. He has no real life memories. It's just the out-of-body experience for him when he goes and watches it, the replay. And uh, Just incredible, Kurt. And we're so glad that it didn't bring even more major uh, issues to you and that you were able to continue on and deliver such a stellar career.
2: Thank you, Paul. I really, I really appreciate that. It means a lot.
1: Well, hey, you know what I appreciate now, Kurt, speaking of appreciation, and that's what I found on physicallyfit.com.
2: Nice.
1: You got the chicken snacks. I got the chicken snacks, and I used my 20% off angle pod code, and I didn't get one, but I got three of them. This is the Buffalo wing. This is the first one I cracked into. Kurt, why don't you share with your listeners where they can find these? And by the way, they are delicious. I'm showing them here on the video feed, which you can find at adfreeshows.com.
2: Chicken snacks—you can get them at physicallyfit.com. Go on the website. We have eleven different flavors. We have plant protein. We have chicken protein. Whatever you guys like, it's there. It's available for you. But they are really good. These are some of the best supplements I've ever taken. I was so
1: excited when they arrived, and I could not wait. Uh, I was like, "Man, I can't wait to record with Kurt next and show off." I got the pizza. I got the jalapeno flavor. I've only opened the Buffalo so far and I cracked it open immediately. And I thought, oh, these are good but I can't eat them all because I got to save them for when I record with Kurt. But what I decided I'm going to do Kurt is I'll eat them all. And then I'll just keep the packages nice and flat until I order more and get more. And at least I'll have the packaging. I can show up every week. There you go. But I'm ready to go. And I'm telling you they are good. They are exactly what the social media uh, you're hearing and reading says they are, they're delicious. They taste, they have that Buffalo wing flavor, which I was kind of curious about, but they also have that chicken flavor Uh, which I think is really cool. So delicious snack. You can find them physically fit.com use that 20% off code angle pod and, uh, go ahead and take care of it, uh, and, and hook up your man, Kurt angle and eat what the gold medalist eats and snacks on with those chicken snacks. So there you go. There's my, uh, uh, there's my plug there. And then talk about the Kurt angle brand.com. Kurt, what do you got there?
2: Oh, Kurt angle brand.com. My website, I got milk cartons, cowboy hats, birthday cards, photographs, cameos, uh, shirts, cameo, video messages. You can get whatever you want there. And it's very affordable. I, I kept them at a very affordable price for my fans. Uh, go on the website, KurtEngelbrand.com. And even if you want, if you have an autograph or or you have a photo or or a world title that you want me to sign, you could send it to the address that I have on the website, and I will personalize it and sign it for a small donation.
1: And that, what better deal is there than that? To be able to have something signed by the Olympic gold medalist, the WWE champion, the WWF champion, the TNA champion, Kurt Angle, all just customer service. Unbelievable, Kurt.
2: Well, I also want to present Here we a go. new shoe from <gasps> Derrickson Studios. This wow. is the Kurt Angle shoe. This is a sneaker I made it, uh, I, I made it with Garrickson studios. I created with them. It's got the you suck on the back. I love it. <laughs>
1: it's fantastic.
2: Yeah. You have the it's real nice in the soul. It's damn real. And this one here, Kurt, you're going to make me go out and buy sneakers now. And then you have the a symbol on the tongue. The oh, sweet. Oh. These shoes will be available very soon. Follow me on social media. Uh, the Real Kurt Angle or Kurt Angle. The Real Kurt Angle, I think, is Instagram. And Kurt Angle. Uh, uh, the uh, Kurt Angle at Kurt Angle is uh, Twitter. Twitter. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah.
2: Show yeah. me the back of those shoes
1: again. Let me see yeah. the back. Where it's, that's like the kind of the cool uh, GI Joe logo. You suck.
2: Yeah, we did. Yeah. That. <laughs> those <laughs> and are blue. The they're, they're really good looking. These are incredible. Sharp. Yeah, we're going to have these available, follow me on social media, and uh, we'll, you can order those uh, eventually at the website that I'll have posted on the social media.
1: Here's what you do. You order a pair of them, then you send them back to Kurt and have them autograph them, and then you got your autograph Kurt Angle tennis shoes. <laughs> that's the hack. There you go. Well, listen, man, that's so exciting, and also, they want to follow you on social to keep up with where you're going to be. Because uh, you're doing a little bit of travel, a little bit of a a loop here when it comes to conventions and doing appearances, and people are going to be able to see where Kurt Angle is. I know, uh, you know, for those that are ad free show members and Top Guy Weekend, we're going to have some fun here soon. Maybe see Kurt Angle a little bit. So yeah. lots of exciting things. I know you're going to WrestleCade at the after Thanksgiving and other appearances here and there. So keep up with Kurt.
2: Follow Uh, me on social media. Instagram is the real Kurt Angle at at the real Kurt Angle and Twitter and Facebook is at real Kurt Angle. There you go. Those are the right ones. I was trying to get it right.
1: (laughs) You got it, man. Can't get enough of that red, white, and blue Kurt angle. Kurt, I appreciate everything this week. This has been fantastic support our man, whether it's chicken snacks, whether it's something from his website, Kurtanglebrand.com, soon to be the sneaker line. It's all things Kurt angle. And he's got you hooked up Kurt. Thank you once again for joining. And I hope all of you enjoyed this episode of
0: the Kurt angle show. We'll see you again next week. You're hanging out with some friends and putting back a few drinks and a few becomes a few too many as the evening comes to an end. When people start to head out, you think of calling for a ride. Nah, you live nearby. You can make it home. Okay. It's no big deal. What are the odds you'll get pulled over anyway? And even so what's the worst that could happen? Your insurance goes up. You lose your license. You lose your job. You total your car. You kill someone. drive sober or get pulled over paid for by NHTSA pardon the interruption I hope you're enjoying the Kurt Angle show did you know that there's an official store for the podcast it's called
1: boxagimmicks.com it's where you can find shirts hoodies coffee mugs and more all related to the Kurt Angle show it is one of the best ways to support the podcast so check out boxagimmicks.com and thank you for listening to the Kurt Angle show John brings his skewed sense of humor Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round Together, it's those weekend golf guys They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and right and and How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra effort? I think I can get an extra 5 to 10 What if I give you 15 to 20? Can <laughs> you pay me more? Jeff Smith right? teaches on a sliding scale
2: <laughs> Those
1: weekend golf guys, the podcast Part of the Believe Network Just search BLEAV on YouTube or wherever you listen